If you were to go and visit Roberts and Catherine, you would go over to the entrance and you would climb down some stairs. And it would feel at first as though you were coming into a dark basement of a house. And as you're climbing more down and walking through, you start to adjust, your eyes start to adjust. And you look around their house and you start to see that all their furniture is on crates. And then your eyes begin to adjust some more and you realize this isn't a basement. This isn't a home. This is the flood tunnels of Las Vegas where Robert and Catherine live. And the thing that's interesting is not only do Robert and Catherine live there, but over the years, more and more people have joined them. And present day, Las Vegas, there are 800 dwellers who live in the flood tunnels of Vegas, in the darkness of the tunnel. And they say this. They say, we love living down here. It's much cooler than being in the heat of Vegas. We like it because nobody bothers us in the darkness down here. We don't have to deal with the rules and with the law coming after us. And it's interesting as you study the community, they say we are a community and we are a family. And more and more join their ranks each week to live in the sewers and the flood tunnels of Las Vegas. The scriptures say this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved the darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in truth, they come into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done is done in the sight of God. This morning is about the study of what it means to live as children of light, followers of Jesus Christ. What it means to be in this world as children of light and to obey the Lord and to live in a way that reflects His beauty and His love. All throughout scriptures we see light and at some point, just for fun, do a word study on light in the scriptures. And see how God has poured it out and reflected who he is. All throughout the scriptures. From the very beginning, remember? And in the beginning God said, let there be light. In Genesis. And God saw the light and he said this, it is good. And then God said, let me separate the light 
from the darkness. And he did. So how do we live? How do we live in a world that is godless and wants nothing to do with him, a world that we would call dark? How do we live as children of light and what's going on around us? We, we often see extremes, trying to figure out how we, we work within our communities and how we step in. And the extremes are either one, a lifestyle that says, well, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. And so our lives become really everything that's surrounded by us. We blend in. And we, we take this, this word from Paul, when in Rome, and we take it to mean that our whole lives should blend into the culture and be like the culture so that we can have influence. But actually, when we live a, with a philosophy of when in Rome, we look no different than the culture at all. The other extreme in how to deal with, with a culture and darkness is, well, listen, we, we're going to go set and, and live in our own community. We're going to separate ourselves out from the world. We'll, we'll go and be in, a, in an Amish community and have our own rules, and, and we won't connect and, and do what the world does. Or we'll go and, and be in a monastery or be in a cave, and we separate our whole lives out from a world that needs the love of God. Those are some of the extremes. I don't think either of those extremes has a lot of impact on a world who needs to know the love of Jesus. So how do we live in the tension? How do we, how do we partake and, and be part of what the world is, and how do we live in such a place? Well, it's interesting, as we, as we looked at the Scriptures last week, verse 7 finished up with this. We were talking about the immorality that was going on and, and not to, to buy into the lie of the immorality. And then verse 7, he says, of Ephesians 5, Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Do not be partners with them. Do not be yoked together like the ox and we're were put together in the yoke. And they would move the same direction together. And the scriptures call us as followers of Jesus Christ, don't be ones who partner with those who are godless. Don't go the same direction that they're going. You're to be separated out. You're not to join in and, 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 and partake in the lifestyle that is of those who are godless, who have nothing to do with Jesus Christ. Because you're children of light. You're children of the Lord. And you know what? If we're honest with ourselves, that is the constant wrestle, isn't it? It's the constant wrestle. How do I live in this tension of I'm in the world, yet I have a lot of friends who, who don't know the Lord. And I'm called to be separate, yet I'm part of this world. I know you struggle with that. It's, you struggle with it at work. You struggle with it in your, in your relationships. I'm hoping that you have friendships with those who don't know the Lord. If you don't, go get some. Because our lives are different. And God came in and he changed your life and he changed my life. And he gave us life. And the world needs to know that good news.
You know, when I was in my 20s, early 20s, and a lot of my buddies were getting married, and I had a lot of friends from my school who were just good buddies I grew up with in Half Moon Bay, California, but they wanted nothing to do with God. And so I would get invited to, to be part of the wedding and to be part of the bachelor party, you know? Got invi- invited to the bachelor party. And so we'd hop into the limo, and we would get taken to basically a strip joint. And we'd all pile out of the limo and go into the strip joint and see just nasty stuff. Here I am, a follower of Christ, trying to be with my buddies from high school. And the Lord really spoke to me that night, that first one I went to. He said, Rod, this isn't who you're meant to be. I had this tension, like you do. I've got buddies who don't know the Lord, and I want to be with them, but yet I'm drawn into the, you know, the bachelor parties of life. Do not be partakers with. Don't be yoked together. Don't move the same direction. And so the next party, the next wedding, and I knew they were going to do the same thing, I said, you know what? I'll meet you guys over at John's house after you guys have done that stuff, and we'll celebrate there. Because that's just not for me, I said. It's not where I'm at. What does it mean to live as children of light in this world of ours? How do we step in and, and how do we wrestle with the tension and how do we be honest with ourselves that, that, wow, you know, I, I want to be with, but yet God has called me to be different. Well, here's what the Lord says in John 17. And Jesus is praying to the Heavenly Father about his disciples, and you and I are disciples of Jesus Christ. He says this, as he prays to the Heavenly Father. Jesus says, I do not ask you, Lord, to take them out of this world, but to keep them from evil, the evil one. They are not part of this world, even as I am not of this world, but sanctify them, that means set them apart, in your truth. Because your word, O God, is truth. And as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So guess what, dear saints? We're not supposed to go off in a monastery. And we're not supposed to just blend in and not look any different. We're to be right in the middle of the world and all that's going on and yet being set apart by the power of God. God knows we wrestle with that tension. He knows we rub against that. But he's saying, I want you in the middle of it because you are children of light. You are ones who are walking in righteousness. I want you to be part of these lives so that they can understand the love of God through your life. So pray about what that looks like for you. Pray about what your relationships look like with those who are godless. They don't want anything to do with God. Because a lot of them, like you and me, are searching. We were searching, weren't we? And God got a hold of our lives. And he changed us from within. And he gave us life. And he gave us salvation. So, Lord, sanctify them in truth. We're in this world We want to be here, but we don't want to be tainted by the world. 
and the sin of the world and the darkness. So it says in the scriptures, it says, don't, don't enter in, but in everything, do this where you expose what is going on. That your, your life doesn't have anything to do with fruitless deeds, but expose what's going on. What does that look like? To expose the, the fruitless deeds of the world, those deeds that are death and are sin and lead to really just destruction in our lives. Are we to be ones who are just to point fingers and, and to, to show, oh my goodness, how dare you, and this is the worst, and, and why are you living this way? And Again, judge, judge, judge. Is that what he wants us to do in exposing the deeds of darkness? Are we the weaky leaks of Christianity that bring out all these, these secrets. The Lord has called us to live as children of light. And I don't think he's calling us to point the finger at all those who are confused and don't know the Lord. And, and like the scriptures say, they, they, they walk around blind. They don't see the goodness of God. That's why I, I tell you guys this over and over again. Why do you expect the unrighteous to live in righteousness? Why do you expect those who don't know the Lord to live in godliness? They live in darkness. They walk, according to the scriptures, around blind. They keep bumping into sin, and sin has a hold of them. And we sit here and we judge, expecting them to be righteous. And trust me, they know that right away, don't they? Those who don't know the Lord. All you do is you judge me. You're not here to be my friend. You're here to lay some guilt trip on me. And you're acting better than thou. We are to be children of light. Look what he says. For you once, verse 8, were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light. I love what this says. What I want you to see is what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, you were once living in darkness. And now you're living in light. It goes right to the core of who we are without God. You were darkness. Separated. Living in sin, bound up by sin. Everything about you, without God, because God is light, was dark. You lived trapped, you lived stuck, you lived and you were darkness. Your being, your spiritual being was darkness. Led by the father of lies, the enemy. That's who we were. But here's the good news. And you can't miss this. This is the key to the whole passage. Here's your new identity. You're not now living in light. You are, if you love Jesus Christ, and if you have invited Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here's the truth about your identity. You are light. Did you hear it? You are light. 
Do you understand? The light of the world came in. Jesus. The light of the world dwells in your life, in your heart. The light of the world, says in Galatians, it is you who no longer live, but Christ's life who lives through you. That's the light of the world. So you are light. You're not becoming, you're not working on, you're not someday, hopefully I'll get there. You are light. Wherever you go, Matthew says, not only are you light, you're salt. You have this beautiful flavor. You're light. You come in and and you bring truth into this world we live in. I don't want you to forget for one second your identity in Christ. And what it means is, no matter where you go as a follower of Jesus, you reflect. You reflect his glory. You, you, You minister into people's lives. Sometimes, guess what? People can't, you know, it's like coming out of a movie theater and all of a sudden you're out in the the daylight and it's like, ah, I can't take it. That happens sometimes as you bring light into the room. But for others, it's like during this season, this is just a lot, I mean, clouds most of the day. You know, you get that sad disorder, you know, seasonal adaptation. And, And you got a whole world that has sad. And then you come into a room with your life and you know what you're like? You're like when that, when that sun just breaks through and there's, there's clouds everywhere, but there's a one spot. You ever find that one spot? You're just like, hold on a minute. Oh, that feels so good right now. I've been living in sad with my seasonal adaptation disorder and, and now the sun is, oh. Do you understand who you are? The light may be too radiant for some. It might be. But for many, like for you and me, who are followers of Jesus Christ, that light was, ah. You've poured out your love. You've poured out your truth. You have saved my life. You are my Lord and Savior. You have given me life. You are light, dear saints. Do not forget who you are. You're not just walking around this planet just like, oh well, ho-hum. You're children of God, and that's what he's saying. So he's saying, walk as children of light. That means understand your purpose and who you are. Please don't hide. Please don't run away. Please don't go to the mountains to get in a cave so that you're not part of this world that lives in darkness. We're meant to be part of this world, but just not yoked together, partakers of, entering in to the ways of this world. You know, when I think of that, and I think of, I think of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ, and he says, he says you are light. And I, I think of, what does that look like? And right away, I think of the holiness of God. I think of Moses being put into the side of the mountain because the glory of God was going to pass by. And he would not be able to look on his amazing glory, his light, What that means to me is is just the incredible holiness of the Lord we serve. You know, sometimes we've gotten a little casual in our relationship with God. We serve a holy God. And like Brad shared out of the word this morning, we need to turn our hearts back to God. It is no joke. It is not like someday maybe the Lord will come back. You know, that, that he says, 
that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody will come to the Father except through me, through relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh well, hope that works out for people. Notice a holy God who's provided a way of salvation and who is using his saints, you and me, to be light in darkness so that they too, like you and I have, might come to receive the love of Jesus Christ and be transformed from within. We are a new creation in Christ. Holy God. We worship a holy God. Do you realize when they built the tabernacle and when they built the temple, the tabernacle in the desert, and they put in the holy of holies, they had a curtain. And they made the curtain. It wasn't just some sort of sheet like this. It was thick, thick, thick. Several inches woven together tapestry. It it was thick because guess what? In the Holy of Holies was the Ark of the Covenant and above the Ark of the Covenant, the glory of God rested. Shekinah glory. Amazing glory. Powerful. All I am God rested there. And they needed to build the curtain so that when they went in, that the glory of God would not kill them because it was too much. Do you understand the God we serve? His beautiful, amazing purity. A God that is holy and set apart. Be holy because I am holy, God says. And again, it's not just trying to do that in our own effort, is it? Ever. Be holy be set apart, be pure, be righteous. Why? Because I am holy and I give you the power through the Holy Spirit to live in such a way. God's light will permeate. God's light is awesome. His holiness, incredible. You know, they just found a new star in July of 2010. And the claim is, it was from this gentleman named Paul Crowther and he was astrophysics professor at the University of Sheffield. And they found what they claim to be the brightest star ever found in the universe, period. They had had discovered many other stars that were quite bright, thousand times brighter than the sun. Even if a a star was twice the, the brightness of the sun, it would be overwhelming for us. There's one star that is... The name is R136A1. I know that's significant. That star is several times brighter than the sun, and it was amazing discovery. The star they found in July of 2010 is 10 million times brighter. No, 10 million. I didn't mess up my words. 10 million times brighter than the sun. They can't believe its amazing intensity and its, its amazing radiance. It's not a thousand times more, not several thousand, not a hundred thousand, not a million, ten million. Do you understand? That? God. It's God. The star is not God, but that's his radiance. If he wants to give us an image of that, that's a ten million times greater than the sun image of his light. 
And he wants us to reflect that to this world. Because he's holy. Because he's beautiful. Because his love is pouring out. Paul says to Timothy in Timothy 6, He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Who alone can possess his immortality? He is the one who dwells in inapproachable light whom no man has ever seen. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen, Paul says to his beloved son in Christ, Timothy. Do you understand who you're serving, Timothy? He's a king of kings and he's the Lord of lords and you're to reflect his light to Ephesus and to anybody that brings you, that you come into the presence of. Holiness is one of the characteristics. Light is a guide. If we are to live as light, part of the way we live is light is a guide, isn't it? The Psalms say this in 105. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet, and it is a light unto my path. Look what it leads us to in the scriptures. You're living as children of light, for the fruit of light consists of, this is where it guides us. It guides us in goodness. That which, that which cares for each other, that which puts others higher than ourselves, it that shows the, the love and the compassion. It's good. It's kind. You see, we, we often used to say, God is good and all the time. And all the time, God is good. You know what? That's true. And guess what? He's living his life out through us. And so part of the path that we take, part of the light that we live in and that we live as is, is guiding guiding towards truth and righteousness and goodness. Righteousness is, is that which is of the Lord. Righteousness is the, the way that He calls us to live in His standards. And truth, you're not to, to live in deception anymore, and you're not to be ones who deceive, but you're to bring truth into the matter. Here's what God says about this. You're to, to bring life into the matter. And so as a guide, it, it is those, as we, as we live in our communities... We are bringing in goodness. There's a lot of evil in this world, isn't there? To understand when you, when you bring in goodness, again, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's light. When you bring in righteousness, here's God's standards. Here's God what wants to give you for life. He's not a, trying to rain on your parade. He's not trying to you know, destroy your party. He's trying to bring you into real life, righteousness, his goodness, his truth, and truth. Everybody lies to everybody. When we bring in truth, we reflect him and we live as light as his children. He leads us in the right direction. It's, it's like the Israelites following the Lord out of the desert, a pillar of light, a fire. And so may we follow that fire where he's taking us. He says, I want you to live as children of light who live in, in righteousness, who live in goodness, who live in truth, 
and live in such a way that you're pleasing the Father. You know, even to this day, I still want to please my dad. Aren't you that way? I know some of you have had harsh fathers, but still there's something in us that we want to please dad. We want to do things. We want him to come and say he's proud of us. We want him to give us a hug and tell us he loves us. Are we living lives as children of his who are seeking? It's, it's, it's you're going after ways. You're, you're making an attempt, you're desiring to please the Heavenly Father, to please the Lord. How are you living life? Do you wake up in the morning and just go, well, it's just another day, and here I go, we'll see what happens? Or do you wake up in the morning and say, Lord, my life is yours. What do you have for me today, Father? Are you getting into the Word and saying, Lord, what is your truth? I want to live for you. I want to please you with my life. I want to present myself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Who are you? You are light. And you are to walk in his righteousness. And you are to live in such a way seeking how to please him. Out of just the joy of the relationship of that. Just like we do with our fathers. Light is a guide for us. The other thing that light does is it exposes darkness. If we are... Light, one of the things when we come into a room is we expose darkness. Frederick Beekner has this to say. If there is a terror about darkness because we cannot see, there's also a terror about light because we can see. There is a terror about light because of much of what we see in the light about ourselves and about our world, we would rather not see and we would rather not have be seen. Light exposes this world. It says in 11, don't have anything to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's an interesting word. Do not have anything to do. Do not partake with. It's, it's, it actually uses the original language of, of koinonia, which is Christian fellowship, right? It's this beautiful, intimate fellowship. It says, don't, don't join in to some sort of fellowship with those who are living their lives in darkness, who are living in fruitless deeds of, of the flesh and of the world. Don't, don't partake in that. Don't become a partner. Don't enter into fellowship. But enter in as children of light, and expose what is going on. Again, does that mean pointing fingers? What does it look like to expose what is happening, what is taking place? Well, I think it comes in a couple ways. I think it comes in a way of, of, of speaking, speaking truth into a matter. And I think it often comes in just our life. How are we to live? We're just to live out our life in this community as light. We're to live differently through the power of the Lord. 
Sometimes it might be strong because, you know what, the world is just corrupt and evil is going on all around us. You know, I was in, I was in Vegas with my friends a while ago. We were, we were stopping there on the way to, to go to Southern California. And, and so it was nighttime, and we were like, well, let's go, you know, let's just go take a walk down the strip. You know, it's interesting about Vegas. At nighttime, it's kind of pretty, isn't it? There's all this light, but it's fake light, isn't it? It's light that covers what's going on. Then you wake up in the morning. You ever woke up in the morning and walked the streets of Vegas? It's just death warmed over. Or you walk through the casino first thing in the morning, and that same person who was there at 12 last night is still there at the same slot. It's death. But as we're walking the strip, there's a woman on the strip, and, and she's flicking these baseball cards. And, and the baseball cards are basically of, of women with hardly any clothes on. And they're to sell these women basically as, as you know, ones who will be with you for the night, whatever degree that's supposed to be. And they flick them really loud and in your face. And my friend, this woman who was married to my buddy, she couldn't take it anymore. And there was a woman there who was doing this. And she went right up to the woman. And she grabbed this card. And she said, what are you doing? This is wrong. What if this was your daughter? These women are not to be treated this way. You should not be handing these out. Why are you doing this? And she threw it on the ground and walked away. I don't know if that's always the way we're supposed to step in. But you know what? Here's the opposite. So many of us just shy away from speaking truth to anything. Really. We don't want to offend anybody. We're living as politically correct Christians. We're to speak the truth in matters. The scriptures say, speak the truth in love. But you know what? There was a passion in her heart. And you know what, what she said was true. This is wrong. Women are not to be put in this light. They're valuable before God. This is not his intended purpose for their lives because they're his creation. Words. The other is just life on life. You know, we just celebrated last night. Actually, this whole weekend was a 40-year anniversary for young life in our community. Isn't that cool? 40 years. And then Friday night, they had a a deal down at Boise uh, High because that's where it first began. And then last night down at the Grove was, was the banquet. 40 years. The thing I love about Young Life Ministry is that these leaders, they just show up on campus, or they show up, we have some beautiful women over here who are part of uh, Young Lives. They, they care for these, these teenage moms, you know, who, who got pregnant out of wedlock, and they're just, they're single moms, young, 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 trying to, trying to survive. And, and, and these beautiful gals, they, they come alongside of them. Young life is all about coming alongside teenagers right where they're at. Many times, as they enter onto the campus, most of these teenagers, first of all, go, a little creepy, who's this adult, you know, stepping onto our campus? And they want nothing to do with God, but they just keep showing up at their games and, and into their life and their activities. You know what's cool about last night? Was that you see all these kids 
who I knew too as young teenagers, who had nothing to do with God. And then they broke into their lives and they came to know Jesus Christ and his love because they were light with their lives and they exposed by their lives the death that they were living in, the trap of sin. And they started to be drawn to the light and to realize that there's a God who loves them and a God who will forgive their sin and a God who will come into their life and a God who will save them. You, dear saints, are light. Not becoming, you are. So the question becomes, how am I using my life? That God wants me to reflect his glory and his beauty. Jesus was a friend of sinners. I love that about who he was. He was known as a friend of them. And yet, he didn't separate out his holiness and his purity Yet they were drawn to him, and many came to know his love because he was with them. But yet he lived as light, and his holiness is revealed. Again, light can be unbearable. But one of the last characteristics I wanted us to think about, about who we are as light, is that light is life-giving. You as you reflect and as you live out as light, you are life-giving. A plant can only grow as light, sunlight is poured out upon it. You are necessary in this dark world to bring about light, the life of Jesus Christ. You're necessary. God wants to use you and me as part of his kingdom to come and to love and to really love those who are living in darkness. There's a place in Austria, Ratzenberg, Austria. It's a small mountain village. And people keep leaving. They're down to 400 people. The reason people are leaving is because four months out of the year, in this little Austrian village, it's totally dark because the mountain peaks are so high. And so this company came in, and they figured out, you know what? We can put these heliostat mirrors on the, on the other side, on the top of the mountain area where the sun comes. And we can, from that point, reflect it over to this point, and from that point, reflect it down into the village so that they might have life. And so people started to move back into town. And there were starting to, things were starting to grow. And people were starting to have life in the light. I think that's what we are. We are those mirrors that bring light into a world that is dying in, in just the death of sin, of living in a way that just is bringing them to the core, to the core of death. And God says, you are to walk as children of light. 